If there's anything better than getting a few of your favorite things from McDonald's, it's getting a few of your favorite things from McDonald's for less in the McDonald's app. Mm. Delicious. Order in the McDonald's app today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Right now, only in the app. Enjoy a breakfast sandwich for just $1, like a sausage McMuffin with egg. Offer valid one time per day from 429 to 512 at participating McDonald's. Must opt into rewards. He plays like a dad who yes. just got home from a double shift. Oh my and gosh. Even though he is so tired, he is still going to mow the lawn. He is still going to play with the kids. He's still going to help love. them with their homework. He looks, I've never seen a guy look so tired who plays with so much energy. The rich would like to get richer. In Europe, the biggest football clubs in the world announced their intent to form a Super League. The WNBA draft was held last week, and we have an owner right here to talk about it. KD's return to the court cut short by a thigh contusion. What does this compacted schedule have to do with it, if anything? And Knicks fans to Zion, quit playing games with my heart. Plus... Kid Mero joins us to talk about legal weed, the Knicks, and play a game of Take Survivor. That's Take Line right now. I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Renee Montgomery. Let's get it! The WNBA draft was last Thursday. As luck would have it, my co-host, Renee Montgomery, yes. is, uh, along with being a two-time WNBA champion, a co-owner of the Atlanta Dream, who selected a uh, tournament standout, uh, Ari McDonald, uh, with their, their pick, the third pick in the draft. With the third pick in the 2021 WNBA draft, the Atlanta Dream select Ari McDonald, University of Arizona. Renee can you bring us into the draft room, into the deliberations behind the scenes, how you how y'all came up with that pick and your other picks? Like what were the conversations? Yeah, you know, a lot of the work happens before you actually get to the war room. I mean I love it. The war yeah, room. Yeah, the war room <laughs> is like basically where everything plays out and then you have to like move whatever ideas you had around. But before the draft, you know, uh me along with the ownership group, we had a lot of different communications on what we wanted it to look like, what we wanted it to be like. And then we actually had a call with the coaching staff where um, Larry pretty much let everyone know the the ownership group's thoughts and what we felt about, you know, what's going on this draft. And so for me, it was exciting because I was used to seeing things from a whole nother side. And so to be, you know, behind the scenes and talking with Larry and Suzanne um, about what's going on and then, you know, getting on the call with the coaches, that was fun. That was that was fun. It was different. But like I said, a lot of the stuff, like by the time we got to the war room, everyone kind of knew already what was going to happen. Um, so it was exciting. Mm -hmm. do, do you have like a, just for yourself, do you have like a particular strategy in terms of like, do you draft for talent? Do you draft for position? I guess, you know, for the dream, it, it was different. You could use talent in a lot of places, but like, yeah. we're like, what do you prioritize? Yeah. You know, it was interesting because you, you also want to, so I think we're a very hands-on ownership group in a sense of, you know, Larry, he's sending a lot of emails. Suzanne and I are talking um, to Larry and talking about everything going on. But then you also want to empower your coaches to make decisions. Yeah. So um, it was, it, like I said, it, it was, it was a lot of, 
behind the scenes and then saying, okay, coaches, what do you guys want? And I think it's the best fit for your team as well as best talent. You know, you're not going to, even if, for example, what I mean by that is some teams, like if you know you need a point guard, but the best player ever is a two guard right now coming out of the draft where you right. might want to get the best player. So it was, it was that dance. We were the number three pick. So we knew that there were two picks above us with which Dallas had both of those picks and we kind of already knew who they were going to take. So um, mm. we know that, you know, with Ari McDonald, I mean, no one can doubt her heart and no one can yeah. doubt her, her <laughs> drive for the game. And so I feel like with a pick like that, you can't go wrong. How much did her, uh, her tournament performance play into the decision. Um, obviously, she was one of the most iconic players of the tournament. Just incredible shot making, incredible heart. Yeah. You know, just uh, all of the shot above. After yeah. shot, all of the above. Like, at what point did she emerge as the consensus pick? Well, I think that she, I mean, she killed it in the tournament, to to your point. I I think if you would have done a mock draft going into the NCAA tournament, there's no way she would have been at number three. I just think that, you know, Mm. she played herself into that. And kudos to her because she's already been having a great season before the tournament. So let me just make sure I say that. She's already been playing great. But when you perform and you perform at a high level on the biggest stage, yeah, you're going to get a lot of heads turning. You're going to get a lot of people looking. And not for nothing, you know, I was I was a big fan of Adia Barnes anyway because she, she was a coach that was being a mom, doing all the things that we know. Yeah. We talked about it here on the show, a former athlete. So when they knocked us out, you know, Arizona took us out. And so it was, it was tough, but I also got to see – you know, Ari McDonald on on playing against what was at that time considered the number one team, you know. So yeah. I got to see her against good competition. And for me, that was that was exciting to see how she handled the moment. Renee, it's like how are how have things changed since you were drafted by the Lynx uh, compared to now? Well, you know, social media wasn't as heavy as it is now. Of course, it was a thing, um, but now social media is like a lifestyle. And so I just made sure for all of our draftees that I sent out a tweet, welcoming them to the team, telling how excited I am, because I just know like for young kids, it's crazy. Like I know that for young kids, that's a big deal. So I wanted to let all of the players that we drafted know it's a big deal that we feel that it's a big deal. We're drafting you and we want you to feel like it too. So kind of a different world because that wasn't a thing. Like, I was not checking any social media after I was drafted. I was calling my family and texting them. I mean, my parents were there. But, yeah, it's a whole it's a new world now. It's kind of crazy because I'm I'm really not that old. But when stuff like that happens, it makes me feel old. I'm like, dang, that's crazy. Well, congratulations. What a huge player for y'all. And it's can't wait for the season to start. Really excited. Hopefully uh, my no, it's Liberty ex- it's can exciting. win more than two games. Oh, Lord, I forget that you're all New York. I forget it's it's the Knicks and the Liberty for you. Sabrina coming back. Sabrina's coming back. New York made a lot of moves. New York, York, not for nothing, made a lot of moves. So it's one of those teams where you have to see how. We need a talent everywhere. Yeah. So news broke this weekend uh, that 12 of the uh, biggest soccer clubs in the world are have announced their plans to break away and form a so-called Super League. Now, uh, the teams are, at this point, uh, Liverpool, Barcelona, Real Madrid, uh, the Milans, Inter Milan and AC Milan, along with Arsenal, 
Tottenham Hotspur and Atletico Madrid. Now they want to add a few more teams, but those are like the, the main signatories. So the issue is, number one, the, the structure of the league would be two groups of 10, so there'd be a 20-team league, would uh, compete against each other with the top four teams advancing to a playoff stage. Mm-hmm. There would be no relegation. It's a closed league. Now, the basis of, of world football, you know, particularly European football, which we're talking about, is that it's, uh, in theory, it's an open system. If you and I start a team, right, uh-huh. uh, we'll call it the, you know, the, the Knicks dreams, right? We start our own <laughs> soccer team and oh, we I start think- at the very bottom, the bottom, bottom, like the bottom of the football pyramid as a, as a semi-pro amateur team. In theory, the way it works now, you could work your way all the way up. Each time you, uh, you finish in the top, let's say we win our, our level four league, then we move up to level three. We win our level three league, then we move up again. Next thing you know, we're in the we're in the Premier League, which is basically the top pro league in in England. And from there, if you finish in the top, I believe it's four spots now, but it might be three. If you finish in the top spots in the Premier League, then you can play in the Champions League, which is okay. the cream of the crop teams in Europe. This new league would, one, compete directly with the Champions League because you're taking the premier clubs that would be competing in that Champions League and having them compete in their own closed league. And you're closing off admission to uh, all the other teams in Europe that might want to come in. They would only be able to come in by invite. Um, Uh. So, for instance, uh, I know that the uh, reports have it that the clubs that are involved now would like uh, Borussia Dortmund to to come in. They would like uh, they would like Bayern Munich, who won the 2020 Champions League, to be part of it. I'm so I have a crazy PSG, question. Paris Saint Germain would like to be a part of it. Yeah. So it might seem uh, like this might be obvious, but why are they doing it? Like, so I understand now that you're telling me. So it's basically the top teams of the league were like, I don't want this. I don't want to be a part of this league. I don't want this process. I want to have a closed league with set teams, but. Is it just for the sheer fact that, like, what is the reason? Is there a reasoning behind it? Is it something that Champions League is doing? That's a good question. So people have said, why is is everybody so mad? Like, why is this bad? It's bad because, first of all, the driver is primarily money. Let's just be clear about that. Um, Now, uh, uh, Florentino Perez, who is the the, the head of Real Madrid, has said something, you know, I'm paraphrasing now, but something to the effect of we have a duty to our fans to give them what they want, which is to see the best teams play against each other all the time. The clubs that have been announced as as founders of this uh, Super League will receive, upon signing on the dotted line, three and a half billion euros, which a uh, euro is oh about 1.2 American dollars, uh, uh, all of which is funded by American bank, JP Morgan, which is backing financially backing the project. The wow. club that wins the super league, uh, will, uh, earn something like 400 million euros, which is almost four times as much as a team that wins the champions league. The current champions league would win at 120 million euros. So the amount of money here is just staggering that paper that the paper is huge. Number one teams in the Champions League, these teams specifically, 
they want more control over their league, right? So the the Champions League is run by UEFA, which is the European governing body of soccer. And yeah. the teams involved in that have to share the money and the payouts with these all other smaller clubs that are also involved in the tournament. So that's the problem, the Super then, League. is what's yes. really happening. That's the problem. People yes. don't want to have to... If teams they don't want to have to like share the money. Yeah, if teams feel like they're making a majority of the money... And then they have to spread the money with people that maybe they don't feel are earning their keep. Is that is that what I'm is that what I'm hearing? That's correct. Like they're you know they're the, they would say Real Madrid, for instance, which has won uh, more uh, Champions Leagues slash European Cups than anybody. They would say, you know, why do I have to split uh, money with like Porto, which is a, one of the most famous teams from Portugal, but, but certainly a smaller team on the world stage now. Why are people so mad? Yeah. Because this would really damage world football as it happens. Certainly it is probably a death blow to the Champions League if it goes through because it's a direct competitor, uh, even though uh, teams are saying all the right things like, oh, we want to still uphold you know, the, the National Leagues, Domestic Leagues, and the Champions League. This would run parallel to that, right? But if you are uh, the TV network that just signed the Champions League to a deal, you're going to say, okay, what I paid for is devalued now. So my next contract with you is going to be less. And certainly that's going to happen with the domestic leagues too. Yeah. So this is basically, and I have to always put it in in terms of my mind, this is basically like it's going to turn the Champions League almost into the G League. And and that's not a slight to the G League, but it's a developmental league that – the players of the Champion League will aspire to be on a team on the Super League because that'll be the league that makes more money, that has all the glitz and glam. Correct. It's essentially going to turn it, the Champions League into a G League if they stay afloat. That's that's correct. It, now, there are a lot of uh, legal maneuverings that are going on like as we speak. Now, one of the interesting things about, about the Super League is they, they've invited – the teams that they invited aren't necessarily the best teams in, in – their respective leagues, they are the most popular. So, for example, if we were going to start an NBA Super League, right? Uh-huh. You'd say, okay, uh, it'll be the Lakers, the Clippers, sure. the Bulls, the Knicks, and the Nets, and Miami, and let's say the Hawks, right? So, come on, Hawks. the Knicks have uh, the Knicks are good. You would do that off Population Center, which is kind of like how they're doing it now. Who are who are these teams that are famous? Yeah. But the Bulls aren't good. The Knicks aren't good. Arsenal, for instance, would join this Super League and probably get crushed 5-6-0 every single week, but they're being allowed to, you know, they they recently went went and had a 1-1 tie against uh, Fulham uh, at their own stadium, which is like a very uninspiring result, but they would be part of the Super League because they have so many fans and they have so much cash. Yep. So uh, there's also that level to it where it's this is an elitist league is what it's sounding like. It's very elitist. Now, the other aspect to this is over the last 10, 12, 15 years, there's been an influx of American money into uh, world soccer and yep. the Premier League in particular. We know LeBron James, of course, is a co-owner of, of Liverpool. There's uh, the Glazer uh, family that they own, uh, Manchester United. Uh, Stan Kroenke, who owns uh, the Denver Nuggets, is the owner of Arsenal, on okay, and on yeah. and on. Now, a lot of this American money, uh, as it's as they've come in, one of the things that they don't like about 
the current system, the English system and the system in world football uh, in most domestic leagues, is they don't like relegation. Relegation is if you finish at the bottom three of the league, you go down. So imagine the Knicks come in in the bottom of the NBA, you know, they, they, they win 17 games or whatever in the NBA. They have to play in the G League next year. That's essentially the system, and it creates intense drama. But for these outside uh, new money businessmen coming in, they look at it and they say, okay, why would I invest $2 billion into a team that could lose and then immediately be worth 80% less than okay. the value that okay, I paid for? Okay, I get it now. I this want is a very European. System. Yes, I want a closed system so that no matter what, I don't have a, a, a situation where my team is just uh, is devastated in terms of value. Okay, they so this is that. this is now that I okay, this is very very European. The reason I say that is it's the exact same way in women's basketball. I don't know if people know, but the WNBA players we play in the summer here in the WNBA. Then mm-hmm. about two weeks after our our WNBA season. I would say 90% of WNBA players go play overseas for a team of their choosing. But in those particular leagues, I played all over. I played in Turkey, Russia, France, Italy. I played all over Australia, Israel. It has that exact rule that you're talking about in there. If, if a team is in the bottom place multiple years or even sometimes in some leagues, the bottom place team drops down because the team yeah. at the top place of the league under it, the developmental league, the number one team goes to the big league. So this this is a different concept, I think, for Americans. But in Europe, that is very that's I've known that ever since I played 11 years. You know, I started playing 11, 12 years ago in Europe, and that's the case. So that's a very real thing. Like you have to earn your keep in the big leagues in Europe. Now, what's very interesting to me, this is slightly off topic, but something I've noticed, I think, and other people have noticed this, is it's very interesting that in America, where we have an extremely capitalist society, you know, no, uh, government-run healthcare is very hard to get, it, it, um, socialism is decried, or any kind of, like, government-run anything, the safety net is extremely thin here in America. At the same time, our sports is extremely socialist. Revenue sharing, no relegation, uh, teams sharing money, taxes on the t- on the teams that are in the most. And then you look at Europe, which come from these uh, very uh, social democratic societies that have government run healthcare, many of them, and very strong social safety nets. They have this extremely ruthless system where it's like you earn what you keep, or else you're freaking out. So this is very interesting. I should also say that um, a lot of the questions have been like, where, wait, uh, where's this money coming from? Where, where, where's this money coming from that these teams are immediately going to get this 300 million, 400 million share of this extreme pie. So funding is being provided by uh, JP Morgan Chase, the bank. Uh, The terms are not disclosed. We have no idea like what the actual terms of this are, but it seems like uh, at least in part, Part of the rush to get this news out, to get this announcement out, is uh, whatever the structure of that J.P. Morgan deal is in order – because they need to secure a television deal like as soon as they can in order to yeah. secure that $4 billion. That in, in bag that funding. was dropped on that them. She, yeah. Enormous I mean, bag. Yeah. Now they got to go meet their deliverables. And, and what I mean by right. that is if anytime somebody gives you money, a company, a sponsor – then you, the person that they're giving it to, you have deliverables that you have to hit. 
they probably said, we want TV contracts. We want this to be premiered here. We want X amount of players, X amount of teams. So they got the bag. What we understand now is they must have secured the bag because now they're coming for the deliverables. The other interesting thing about this is uh, who knows what the actual uh, response would be once this league launches. Uh, what we know right now is it is being uh, – reacted to with like extreme anger by fans, by the people who run teams, by the people who run leagues. Uh, it, it like the Spurs uh, fan group tweeted, this is a betrayal of Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, an Arsenal fan group said the death of Arsenal as a sporting institution. Uh, the leader of uh, UEFA called uh, uh called one of the movers and shakers behind this a, a snake who lied to his face. Uh, the the German team, uh, Borussia Dortmund, uh, issued a pretty strong statement, uh, kind of like standing away from it. So wait, the fans of the teams moving into the Super League are mad too? Yeah, they're mad too because it would devastate their domestic league. Like the domestic league would, yeah. would lose value and in their minds, this is all, the, the other part of this is in their minds, there is there's a strong uh, rejection of the appearance of of greed in yeah. European football. So the, yeah. the Glazers, for instance, who have owned Manchester United for for quite a while now, the fans of Manchester United freaking hate the Glazers because it, from their point of view, the Glazers uh, bought Manchester United just as a money-making machine. They bought it with a lot of debt. They've had to service that debt, which means they can't improve the team because they're paying down the debts all the time. And then you see Manchester United kind of like falling from the heights that it, it had reached yeah. uh, over the last 20 years. It's a similar story with Arsenal, with a lot of these other teams. So that a lot of this is just fans reacting to what they perceive and what really is as, as a greed-driven money grab by owners who don't who many of them don't actually care about the sport, American owners. Like, this is going to be so painted, this is, uh, particularly yeah. in England, as an American-driven uh, strategy that is going to destroy football. And you're already seeing that kind of conversation taking place, even though, you know, the so Florentine Perez, who, Florentine Perez, uh, who, is the, uh, who runs uh, Real Madrid, is one of the movers and shakers behind this and is Spanish. But, like, it, this is going to be painted as a primarily American-driven thing. Save big money and start your spring project with help from Menards. We offer a huge selection of body plants, veggies, and herbs to plant at home and grow yourself. Right now, all four and a half inch body plants are on sale through May 5th. Head to the Menards Garden Center to get your garden growing and check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Kevin. 
Kevin Durant's thigh injury over the weekend, it might be mm. time to revisit the conversation of whether or not players are being forced to play too many games too quickly. LeBron James, Anthony Davis, yeah. uh, Donovan Mitchell, Damian Lillard had left the game. We know Kevin Durant. I mean, the list is long of players that are hurt. So are you yeah. buying this theory that the the truncated season is leading to a rash of injuries? Like, is that like... Can we can is that a thing now? Jamal Murray is one of them, a big one that people have talked about. Um, I think that there's no way clearly the schedule, the compressed schedule has to play some kind of role. I mean, you think about LeBron James, who like just got done with the bubble and then seemingly the next week would have yeah. to report to to this season, right? And listen, that is remember remember how mad people were when the Lakers almost boycotted the start? Like, I can remember because the teams that made it to the championship, the Lakers were very outspoken about, we don't have a long enough break. And then I'm going to throw something else in there. I don't know if people remember about All-Star. Remember how all the athletes were acting yeah, about All-Star? They didn't want to play. Yeah. They said they would rather a break. They need a break. And now we're looking and we're sitting in April heading into, I mean, with the with the Hawks, we have 15 games left until the till the end of the season. And a lot of the stars are hurt. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like rest and load management has been such a, uh, uh, you know, for lack of a better word, loaded term over yep. the last uh, several couple of years of, of NBA play with players sitting out in order to protect their bodies on the second night of back-to-backs and uh, weeks when they play, you know, four games in a week or or three games in a week. Uh, I'll just say that, listen, there must be a, there must be some kind of correlation. At the same time, it's hard to draw a concrete line and say, yes, definitely uh, this uh, right. truncated schedule is playing a role, right? So, you know, Jamal was out for several days with the knee injury. Anthony Davis is kind of injury prone. LeBron James is 36. There's a, there's a lot of caveats in there. That said, I, I guess I'll just say like Kevin Durant is a player who gets a lot of criticism for joining a super team. He joined a, a Warriors team that won 73 games, right? Yeah. And people still give him shit for it all the time yeah. on social media and yeah, everywhere definitely. saying – saying he's soft, he didn't need to do that, you know, like they could have won anyway, blah, blah, blah. I'll just say that the the injury, particularly to Jamal Murray, I think should tell you how hard it is. Even they were a front runner to win the title. Like they were among the teams, the handful of teams that you would say, I think they could win the title, right? The way they were playing yep. post the Aaron Gordon trade, uh, the way Jokic is playing all season, Jamal Murray putting it together, they looked really, really good. I think, and listen, you tell me if I'm wrong. I think if you have the chance to improve your chances to win a title, you do it. And you do whatever it takes to do that. If you're a front office, that means you trade away any of the assets, draft picks, et cetera, that you have to trade in order to give yourself the best chance to win a title. And if you're a player, that means joining a team where there are already really good players because I just think it's too hard to do anyway. You have to get so lucky. Look at the Warriors now. It's like they're basically throwing away one of the greatest Steph Curry years ever. Um, and that's not, that's not a knock on them. Like the Wiseman pick has not panned out. They're hit by injuries. He's hurt and he's hurt now. Yeah, yeah. But and obviously he's hurt. But they've had they were had they had trouble working him into the system. Uh, Clay out for the season. All these little things that are just basically up to luck. 
what it can easily turn against you no matter how much talent is on your team. And I just think just win the title. Just just do what you can to win it. And f- who cares about the criticism? That's what I mean. What do you think? I mean, what you talk about as a two time champion. Yeah, no, yeah. injuries happen in sports. That's a given. But what's happening this year for the NBA, I don't think is normal. Um, mm-hmm. I've been covering the Hawks games. I'm tired. I say this all the time when I'm driving <laughs> to a game. I drive to the game and I'm like, yo, I'm tired. I can't imagine the players yeah. playing. Like, I've lost my voice half the time now. Like, I don't really have a voice, but that's just me calling the games, knowing that this is crazy. There's a week where we literally have four games in a seven-day period. Like, that's wild. Players are going to get hurt, of course. So then when we say, see four ACL tears this year and we Oof. see different things happening, athletes, GMs, anybody that knows sports knows that this is not normal and no, we should not do this again. So to that point, we always know every season, like every athlete knows it takes skill set, of course, but it also always takes a little bit of luck to win a championship. Every athlete knows that. But what's happening this year, no, I don't think is normal. Yeah, it's uh, really troubling. Hopefully we don't see any more injuries. And hopefully the uh, the NBA lightens up in terms of, of rest. That, that doesn't seem to be the case. They recently fined the San Antonio Spurs twenty five grand uh, for wow. violating league rules, resting players. DeMar, DeRozan, Patty Mills, Jakob Puddle uh, were three players who were all listed out for rest. And, of course, like, you know, this has been an issue in the past, particularly when uh, games in which players were resting – I'm looking at you, Kawhi Leonard, fell on nationally televised games. Then it became uh, a much larger story with pundits and often like game day analysts talking about, you know, what a what a slap in the face it is to fans who want to tune in and to watch the game and how it, it really hurts the game in general. I'll just say that all of that made sense before the pandemic before the disruptions, before the bubble, yeah. before this this season got slammed right into the end of the bubble season uh, with the extremely truncated and compressed schedule in the back half of this season. Yeah. The Miami Heat uh, played 27 games in 51 days, which is the longest streak uh, with only one day of rest between those 27 games. Like, That's the longest listen to such that. streak since 27 games in 51 days. Like, I don't, like, if you aren't used to, like, imagine, like, some people don't, imagine having to work out that much, you know, because, like, for the common person, like, your body needs time to recover. And look, I get what the NBA was trying to do. They were trying to have the schedule complete because, like, what will this, what what effect will this have on our Summer Olympics? You know, we play in Tokyo yeah. this year. A lot of the superstars are like bandaging up injuries, but what effect will that have when the the Olympics is slated to start July twenty first? I mean, our players going to be healthy by then. Are our heavy hitters going to be able to play? Let me ask you this because it's something I've been thinking about, and I saw Dragonfly Jones on on Twitter like tweet about this do you think the style of modern basketball in the WN in the nba i'm not going to say increases the chances of injury but is more strenuous on players than it has been maybe 15 20 years ago there's so much react and recover there's so much more space and so much more uh you know area to cover now because of the way the three ball and the way the game is played do you think that it's a more strenuous game just aerobically than it was maybe 20 years ago 
Yeah. And, you know, I say this and I use it with football all the time because right now athletes in general, whether they're men or women, are bigger, faster, stronger than they were in the past. And so the way I equate it to people is imagine two cars crashing and they're going two miles per hour and imagine two cars crashing and they're going 15 miles per hour each. There's going to be a bigger impact when you can go faster, jump higher and you're stronger. When you're competing against those people, there's going to be an impact when especially in football, people are running as fast as cars these days. It's really wild. I know people have probably seen those workouts where an athlete is running 15 miles per hour legit. <laughs> like, it's wild. Like, people are moving the same as automobiles and different things of that nature. So, yes, that has a bigger effect on your body. It also, another thing is that players are starting a lot younger, training a different way. Yeah. Like, I was playing basketball young, but even in high school, we weren't hitting the weight room like kids are now. Like, kids are coming to college looking like, like baby beast out there. And it's like, yeah. what in the world? So I think everything's different now. Just how we train, how we approach the game, the nutrition factor to why athletes are bigger, faster, stronger. I think it's all different. And yeah, we should take all of that into account because like I said, if two cars are crashing and they're going one mile per hour, you, you'll you be all right. But when those cars are moving, like athletes are moving, yeah, there's going to be some impact. Yeah, uh, to your point about uh, about working out Imagine working out with one day of rest for, you know, 27 times over 51 days. Crazy. It, it, it's like the other thing is like it's not just like working out. Like, listen, if I'm working out, I might take a I might take a set off. I might be like, OK, I'm going to rest. <laughs> yeah. this. I'm going to take an extra rest. Set. When you're in a game, it's top speed, top effort every minute, every second you're out there. Or you're and, getting, and, and, yes, let me t- like, and let me ask you this, <laughs> you Jason, know? imagine you're a Knicks fan, right? So imagine if, if Julius Randle just was like, I'm gonna go half speed today. My body's not there. Imagine you, the fan watching that. Nobody's here for that. Nobody's here for <laughs> nobody. Like Jason, go what crazy. would you do if you saw half crazy. of the Knicks team Nobody's going half speed because they needed to maintain their body? They felt like they could get hurt today. They don't have it in the tank. Well, believe me, I've seen it so many times over the, over the previous <laughs> 20 years. I'm right. Like, maybe that's a bad example. <laughs> uh, maybe you guys this, are used to it. Yeah. Watching this team play hard is, believe me, I'd appreciate it every second, every game I'm watching it. I'm like, wow, I can't believe this. Julius Randle, he looks like like he plays like a dad who just got home yes. from a double shift. And oh even gosh. though he is so <laughs> tired, he is still going to mow the lawn. He is still going to play with the kids. He is still going to help Labor with their homework. Love. He, he looks, I've never seen a guy look so tired who plays with so much energy. Oh my, you know what? I'm so glad you said this because I went on a rant. It was like, it was actually last playoffs because I said, fans need to understand No one's watching you at work. If you're not performing well, there's nobody like tweeting you when you get home from work like, hey, man, you had a bad day today. You cost me a lot. (laughs) Like there's no one doing that. And also there's no one taking into account that like I know every human has woken up one morning and been like, man, I'm tired today. I don't really have it. Like everyone has done that. But athletes like we just really don't have that luxury. Like I told people like when I'm working now, I work like. I'm in corporate world. So I'm, it's a whole different world. And I forget, like you get days off and you can like have a sick day. And I'm like, what is that? Like, I didn't even, I don't even know those luxuries because in athletics, 
You don't, you, if yeah. you show up and you're on the court, no one cares. Not one fan in the world is going to be like, oh, yeah, maybe Renee woke up today with a little headache, but she's playing through it. No one cares. Nope. And so I say that to say we have to kind of think of the athletes, like when it comes to the leagues, and we're talking about the moves leagues are making, you have to put the athletes first because the athletes are going to have to be the ones that put themselves out there to be judged, to be scrutinized, to be hurt. And so somebody needs to be looking out for the athlete. Well said, Renee. Okay, Renee, I have to talk about yep. this. So uh, Knicks beat the Pelicans the other day, which is great. Six-game winning streak, which has uh, – it's been a while since that happened. Knicks defense remaining good despite the fact that they have one of the most difficult uh, s- schedules in the NBA over the back half of the season. Uh, fantastic. So happy that this is happening. Now, uh, R.J. Barrett who is having a great season himself, was, of course, Zion Williamson's uh, teammate at Duke. And uh, Zion was asked about playing in the Garden, and let me tell you, he was extremely happy about it. He was extremely effusive in his praise. And this is my first time playing here in the pros, and, I mean, this this atmosphere, you know, whether they're cheering for you, whether they're booing for you, uh, it's amazing. Uh uh, honestly, I think outside of New Orleans, obviously, uh, I think this might be my favorite place to play outside of New Orleans. I can't even lie to you. <laughs> wow! I okay, can't Renee, listen. No. You could hear the okay. smile. Like, I could hear him smiling. He smiled huge. It's crazy. Huge. I, look, if I'm the Pelicans, Swin Cash, the homie. Oh, my goodness, Swin Cash. Yeah. Y'all better keep an eye on Zion because... It sounded like he was very excited about MSG and the Knicks and and woo. So great point. I listen, I'm not going to people on I posted a thing about this on Twitter and people were like he's not coming like this is the same thing that like LeBron the fans and are KD and Kyrie have done in the past where they've used the Knicks as leverage in order to uh, you know get more of their what they want. Um that I, I'm not, I'm not like getting crazy about uh, Zion to New York. Yes, I am. Uh, all of which is to say, uh, this several weeks ago, JJ Reddick caused quite a stir when yep. he went on his podcast and talked about his experience uh, being traded from the Pelicans to the Mavericks and yep. what he felt was kind of dishonesty on the part of the Pelicans front office and and David Griffin. He said in part. Um, this is quoting now from the podcast. He said, but in terms of this front office, yeah, it's not something where I would expect certainly the agents that I work on this with to ever trust that front office again. Now, why is this important? JJ's uh, agents work for CAA. Zion Williamson's agents are also at CAA. Now, different agents, not the same agents, but it is well known within the sports world and within the media world in general, that CAA often coordinates their plans. They use the leverage that they have as this massive agency to extract things for their clients. So when JJ said this, he was speaking to the Pelicans, (laughs) absolutely sending them a message about Zion. I mean, he was doing that. Like, this is not... Obviously, I'm reading into it, but like JJ is a veteran. He knows what he's doing. So when Zion co-signed the other night by essentially saying, I would love to play in the garden, it 
it hit differently in the context of these JJ comments. Definitely. No, would you say definitely. that that that's that 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 like a uh, picture of CAA? Would you say that that's accurate, that they coordinate and use their their size to, to create? Yeah, coverage? I mean, there's plenty of companies that do. I, I can think of plenty other ones that do it. CAA is just so good at it because they have such good clients. It's the one we know about the most. But honestly, they all do it. So, yes. When J.J. Reddick said that, I remember when he said that, and I was just like, huh, okay. But when I saw <laughs> Zion Williamson, and while Zion might not have even thought anything about what J.J. said, he might not have even ever heard it, but just his actions made everybody be like, uh-oh. I, like I said, Swain Cash, y'all yep. better keep an eye on y'all's young yep. bull. Weed is legal in New York City. And to celebrate, we have one half of podcast, oh former podcast gosh. legends, current Showtime series legends, Deces and Mero. We have the Kid Mero with us. He is a host. He is an insane Knicks fan. He has a new book out, God what? Level Knowledge Darts, which is available now. <laughs> Kid Mero, welcome to Take Line. Thank, Thank you for joining us. This is a, a <laughs> I cannot think of a better way to spend Yer. my afternoon. You know what I'm saying? After consuming multiple edibles, hanging out with y'all. You know what I'm saying? Now legal. Two legends. Folks. Yes. I love it legal. here. You know what I'm saying? Tell us about God level knowledge darts uh and, and what it was like putting that together. Yo, it was very fun. It was a fun time, you know what I'm saying? I like to write, like, you know. I've been writing for a long time and just writing in my voice because people were like, yo, listen, as writing is way more interesting when you write as like, don't f throw out all the English class shit, throw out all the formatting and all that bullshit. Just talk, speak in your voice, write like you're talking to somebody and it's, it'll work. So that's what I did. I got extremely smacked and went in my basement <laughs> and just opened up the MacBook and was just like, click, click, clack, 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 and gave y'all advice. Some of which is very good, some of which is very bad, you know what I'm saying? But it all depends on who you are, you know what I'm saying? But it was a very good time. It was a it was like the podcast in book form because we had a Google Doc where I would write something and then Jesus would write something. And then it's like it's like we're having a conversation <laughs> in like like you know what I mean? Like a message board. Like I wake up the next day, like, see what do you say about raising kids? <laughs> okay, I agree, but I, just, I, I agree with that, but the, da, 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 da. you know what I'm saying? But it was it was mad fun. I, I did not think that I could write a book. You know what I mean? I didn't think I had the the attention span to bang out like, yo, we're, we're gonna write chapters. This is a self help book, dog. You know what I'm saying? Like it was a there Crazy. was a long list of questions that we had to answer, and it See, was like, that's yo, the, that's the fucking publishing industry trying to institutionalize people and mind control them to think that they can't <laughs> write a book. Everybody could do it. Anybody. I'll tell you right now, on take line, live. The kid Murrow is saying, you too can live like Salvatore Ferragamo. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Just go out there we and write in your voice. We love to see it. You know what I'm saying? We love to see it. So you talked about when you get in your mode, you know, you said you take a couple edibles. Sometimes that gives people the munchies. And I'm hearing that you hate raisins. I don't know what this is about. I'm hearing that you hate raisins. Are there any other dried What Like, what is that about? Like, are there any other dried fruits that you don't fool with? What's going on? I don't mess with... A lot of dried fruit. I'm not a trail mix type of dude. Like, I'm the guy that takes the trail mix and, like, picks out the M&Ms. 
You know what I'm saying? Oh, my and, God. And, like, the cashews. <laughs> <laughs> oh my I, form, I, I, form, I form a super league with cashews and M&M's okay. you know what I'm saying and leave the rest of the trail mix in the bag you know what I'm saying because we don't oh need the raisins God. we don't need the sliced not almonds. a super league though <laughs> I don't know I don't know I just never banged with raisins I think it was um, from working in the schools for so long and then, yeah. and just like that's like one third of your diet as a kid is raisins. And I got four kids. I'm sick. But of what raisins, if we put man. chocolate on them? What if they put some chocolate on them? Call them raisinets. What you doing with it? What ooh, you doing with ooh. it? Listen, my wife is weird. She puts raisinets and popcorn, and that made me want an earl. So the first time I ever saw that, mm. I was like. Yo, there's something okay. wrong with you. You were raised wrong, and you speak to your family. And then you married her. And then you married her. Uh, <laughs> well, she got pregnant first, and then I was like, listen, okay. <laughs> I'm going to do the right thing. <laughs> oh, God. Um, listen, speaking of uh, things that could possibly get people pregnant, Zion Williamson just said that yes. he loves uh, playing in MSG. Okay. No, 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 Jason, no, 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 Jason, you're burying the lead. He didn't just say that shit. He was like... <laughs> He's like, yeah! Yo, yeah, I've never seen really Yo, he was cheesing. I seen his, yeah. I seen his wisdom teeth. I don't a perma smile. There be... was a perma smile happening. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Talk about it, Renee. Like, Cause look, as a Knicks fan, Jason, you can yes. attest to this. Yes. As a Knicks fan, there's always like that, like the Knicks Coke. I call it Knicks Coke. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like you yes. just are like, oh yeah, nah, it's going, it's going down. Yeah, it's yeah, gonna yeah. happen. Yeah, and it's coming. And LeBron's coming. Yo, LeBron's yeah, coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, listen, Kawhi this happens. Everybody, Kawhi, Everybody. KD, Luka. and it never happens. You know what I'm saying? We get, you know, but pleasantly surprising this year. Yes. Julius Randle's out here, Drew LeBronius, as I like to call him. You know what I'm saying? Is out here killing it. So listen, also RJ Barrett. Teammate, you know what I'm saying? Renee, you can speak to that. Like, if you're looking at a different, at a, you, where you want to land as a free yeah, agent. you want to raise somewhere familiar with people you know. You're right. You know you're right. That's you appealing. That's appealing. You feel me? If, you, if two of your homies <laughs> is over here on the Mystics, so you, know, you feel me? Like, you want you to you talk to your agent like, yo, listen, listen. I, I don't do this cold shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, y'all got to move right, right. me around. Yeah, you uh, know. Like, you know, the, I don't really bang with the coach like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, Oh, wow. Y'all are really out here campaigning for Zion Williamson. I'm just saying, listen, bro, you want to play at the Mecca or you want to play at Smoothie King Arena? Okay. Okay. (laughs) So, Miro, you have a book called God Level Knowledge Darts, Life Lessons You Learn from the Bronx. It's available now. Tell me, like, what's some life lessons you learned from the Bronx? My girl, you know, she's from there. So I'm just, what's some life lessons you learned? She's from Queens, so let me not. But what you learn from the Bronx? Well, this is this is not specifically Bronx, but it's like you said, like your girls from Queens. This is a very New yeah. York City thing. When you get on a subway and it's hot, you know what I mean. You always want to look mm. for the air conditioned car, but sometimes you'll see an air conditioned car that's wild empty. It's wild empty oh. for a reason. You know what I'm saying? Why? Don't go in there. Why? There might be no, there no, might no. be a body in there. There it, might be somebody yeah, somebody just masturbating in plain sight. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like. <laughs> Somebody wearing paper shoes, you know what I mean? Like some something wild is going on. Okay. Somebody's having sex in there. Basically, you know our worst so fear that we see on every call. show, like every show we see that happen on TV, and now you're really saying it's a real life thing. It's a real oh, yeah. life thing. Oh. Yes. If the car is empty, do not you do not get on. Don't matter how hot it is, how crowded it is, rush hour. Wow. Don't get on there. You're gonna see something you don't want to see. You will never forget. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Is there any other mm-hmm. one? I'm scared Meryl, to even uh, ask, uh, is there any other ones? Goodness. <laughs> <Yeah>, the- <laughs> when you're young and you want an underage drink, I, which I do not recommend, 
Allegedly, if you allegedly want to underage yeah, yeah. drink, be uh-huh. nice to the old dude in front of the store. That's like, Papi, I like you, you know, uh, have a good day. You know, I know your father, he was a good guy, you know. You got any change? Be nice to that guy because that guy will buy you alcohol. You know okay. Okay. Thank you. This, this, Mero, this, <laughs> this uh, dovetails perfectly with my next question. Listen, weed is legal. Uh, uh, thanks to Andrew Cuomo, psych. Psych. Uh, psych. <laughs> you thought. <laughs> you thought. You thought. Uh, what were before before this wonderful time in New York history? Uh, how were how were you acquiring uh, your materials? How how were you getting it? What was the craziest way you were getting it before this? Oh man, there was a dude. Uh, I'm gonna just call him Sub Zero because he always wore a mask. You know what I'm saying? He always had like a ski mask. Like no matter the weather. I'm talking about, like, I'm going to get a dub in July. And this dude is serving through a square in a fence with a ski mask on. I'm like, dog, how, how much, like, what else you got back there, dog? You got, like, are you trafficking? Like, what's going on? Like, this is weed, my guy. This is weed. Is weed. Like, you're not selling straight, you're not selling, like, cookie dough heroin, my guy. Like, well, how, how much more do you need to protect your, t- you know what I'm saying? Like, what's going on? So that that was that was but noodles. But like I I I stayed there because you know they had the ravioli bags. You know what I'm saying? They were stuffed to the brim. I used to, I used to get it from the super down the street. He'd leave it in a coffee cup and just drop it on the corner. <laughs> Yo, that's that's how he, and that's literally. I think people are still gonna do that in New York. Let's be honest, because <laughs> everybody in New York is like, yeah, right. oh, it's legal. Yeah, okay. Yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. The office of Petrozuli rolls up. He's like, yeah, it's legal. Yeah, all right. Uh, you know it's not legal? Uh, your hat. Yeah. You got a purple hey, hat uh, on, hey. on a Wednesday. It's a violation of code 187-496. Hey, hey hold, hold on. Uh, come, come here. How you doing today? Yeah, well, what's going on today? Oh, uh, they said it's legal. Uh, oh, Andrew Cuomo did? Where's he at? I don't <laughs> see him around. I don't see him. Yeah. I don't hear any I don't nipple rings clanking. Yeah. Yeah, what's that? Well, uh, we might something. actually Sorry, have heard I, I them on your well. chain. Your chain was clanking as you said <laughs> that, so we might have just heard them. <laughs> uh, I Mero, don't have thank- un- unpierced. They're hairy, but they're unpierced. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mero, thank you so much uh, for joining us. It's been it's been an honor to have you. Uh, Shouts to the Knicks. Six wins in a row, baby. That's right. Six in a row. Let's go. Man, you cool. here, the future. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> no tanking. You know what I'm saying? Shouts to, hey, what team. about the Hawks? Hold on now, the Hawks too. We sitting right above yo, y'all. Come what? on, we we've been notoriously, to, we've been struggling too in the past. A-town. Yeah, thank you. Okay. A town. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Trey Young. You know what I'm saying? Trap the corner defense. My man is a shooter. Clint Capella, okay. defensive player of the year. Sh- Let's get it. Talk about it. Shout out to Kevin Werder. You're you're getting it done out there. Uh-huh. Let's go. All right, all right, all right. It. Thank you for coming through. <laughs> <laughs> New York, stand up. <laughs> Let's go. This just means that Renee is going to teach all my kids how to play ball. You know what I'm saying? She's probably going to properly coach them. That's, that, was the, the, that, was, that was the deal. <laughs> oh, Lord. Get, didn't we tell him it's over? The inter- It's over. <laughs> He's like, I'm not leaving. <laughs> Peace, love, and soul. I can't. Thank you. Meryl, can we get you to stick around for Take Survivor? Oh, you know, baby. I ain't got nowhere to go. 
Like, I just got to go pick up some stuff, you know, at ShopRite. I'm, I'm right here. Like, I'm, I'm, that ain't I'm no problem. Around. That ain't no problem. Ain't no problem. Let's go. That ain't no problem. That ain't no problem. <laughs> this is your last chance to enter the Ohio Lottery's Fun Turns 50 promotion. Score $3,500 and two tickets to the epic party at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, where you could win part of another $400,000 in cash prizes. Enter the new 50th anniversary scratch-off or $50 worth of eligible non-winning $5 or $10 scratch-offs and My Lotto Rewards through the Ohio Lottery app. Hurry up. The last entry deadline is May 13th. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play responsibly. Ashley's Memorial Day sale is going on now. Shop our biggest selection of hot buys, cool deals, or shop limited-time savings on new summer spaces. Plus, get 72-month special financing on select in-store mattress purchases made with your Ashley Advantage Synchrony credit card between May 14th and June 3rd. Whether you're redecorating indoors or rethinking your outdoor space, save big on this season's trending styles. Only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. No minimum purchase required. See store for details. Welcome to Take Survivor, the show where only the strongest take wins. Today, we have joining us one half of Desus and Mero, Kid Mero. Mero, how are you? Chilling. I'm ready. I'm ready to survive. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> also joining us today, one half of this podcast, two-time WNBA champion Renee Montgomery. Renee, how are you? Let's go. Let's go. I'm feeling good in here. Let's go. Also joining us today, producer of this podcast, Caroline Rustin. Peace. Caroline, how are you? Hi. I'm so excited to be here. I feel like I'm the Serena Joy of this. I, like, helped create it, but haven't gotten to participate, so I'm so excited. Oh, my God. (laughs) And finally, joining us is Elijah Cohn, also a producer on this podcast. Elijah, hello. Jason, good to see you again. I'm happy to be here. Let me quickly explain the rules for anybody out there who's uh, new to this game. There will be three rounds. Each round, there will be a prompt. Our contestants will then vote on whose take was the worst, and that person will be ejected from the island, but they will remain as part of the jury to vote on who gets to move forward each consecutive round. Are you ready? First prompt, round one. Give me your best name, for the Washington football team. Best new name for the Washington football team. Let's start with you, Elijah Cohn. Elijah, your name for the Washington football team. Jason, I think that the football team should be renamed to the Washington Landfills. One, I think it is representative of the football team for their product on the field. But two, the number one Republican argument against D.C. statehood is that they don't even have a landfill in D.C. So this is a chance for Democrats to say, look, you have a landfill now. We have the Washington landfills. Look, the people of Arkansas have more say in representing those people than the, the people who actually live there. Give it to them. Washington landfills, Elijah's answer, no uh, no love for a, a, a used car lot or a car dealership. Caroline, best new name for the Washington football club. 
Okay, so I'm interested in causing like further chaos. So I say we change the team's name every time there's a new president. So right now with Joe Biden, it could be the Washington Aviators or the Washington Ice Creams. With Trump, it could have been the Washington Cokes or the Washington Self Tanners. With Obama, it could have been the Washington Cigarettes. It would be fun and cause friction and it'll engage fans. (laughs) I love it. New name per president from Caroline Rustin, Rhea Montgomery. Mm. Your name for the Washington football team. Okay, okay. So since we got to rename the Washington football team and can't keep it as the Washington football team, I want to call it the Washington Go-Go's. Now, I know that there's already the Capital City Go-Go's, but I don't think that they go-go when they step out there. So you know how New Zealand does their dance before every game? I want the Washington Go-Go's to cut a rug and start go-going before the game. Can you imagine what the fan base would look like? Everybody, every day, it's a party. Let's go, Washington Go-Go's. Let's get it. D.C. people know what I'm talking about. What's up? (laughs) Washington Go-Go's. Yo, you just, while they just woke up like, Yes! I love it! Yes! That's what I was thinking! Yes! Something like that, Wale. You know what I'm saying? Meryl, what is your name for the Washington football team? Very simple. I didn't, I, I didn't take I didn't take it, you know, I didn't get super metal with it. You know what I'm saying? They play at FedEx Field. It's the Washington Packages. Boom. Even Snyder can't mess that up, B. Even Snyder can fuck that up. You know what I'm saying? The Washington packages. Yo, boom, we delivering every Sunday. And I really know. That's good. (laughs) The Washington packages, FedEx field. Oh, That is Mero's answer. And now we move to the voting round. Everyone, begin your voting. Contestants now may vote on who they think had the worst take in round one. New names for the Washington football team. Will it be Mero with the Washington Packages? FedEx feel the play on the name. Will that team deliver? We shall see. Or Renee, calling on uh, our our knowledge of the Hockey Dance. What if it was the Go Go's, the Washington Go Go's? Let's go, Go Go's. Come on, you already know. <laughs> Caroline says, "Let's change it every time we get a new POTUS. Let's switch it up. People love novelty. Is that?" Is that the answer? And then Elijah Cohn, of course, says Washington landfills, calling on the uh, the criticism of why D.C. shouldn't become a state. Uh, certain uh, right wing politicians saying, "Well, listen, there's no uh, there's no uh, landfill there, and there's also no car dealerships. Uh, there are car dealerships. That's false, but uh, you know, whatever." Oh my! Here God. the results are coming in. We have one vote for Elijah Cohn as the worst take. One vote for Caroline Reston the as, for, as the worst take. It's Elijah. Another vote for Elijah. And then finally we have another oh. vote for Elijah Cohen, oh. our first, oh. first contestant oh. eliminated you hate to in see this it. episode of Take Survivor. Elijah, what do you have to say? Wow, I didn't realize I was competing against Tom Cotton today, you guys. Didn't know the panel was so <laughs> anti-DC statehood. <laughs> Round two! And of course, Elijah, again, will remain with us as part of the voting jury. Round two, our prompt. As you, I'm sure, know, Alex Rodriguez, Yankee legend Alex Rodriguez, and Bronx legend Jennifer Lopez uh, announced their breakup officially last week. A-Rod seems to be uh, down real bad about it. Uh, Give us your pep talk 
for A-Rod. Let's start with you, Mero. Mero, pep talk for A-Rod. Papi, <laughs> look at me. Look at me, papi. You are Alex Rodriguez, papi. All right? You're one of the best baseball players of all time. You went to the Yankees and you switched position. You could have been the best shortstop in the history of baseball. What are you waiting for tonight, papi? What are you waiting for tonight? Six, 60 days! 60 days, papa. Vámonos, dale! I love it. Renee, uh, do you have any any pick-me-ups for A-Rod? Yeah. Deep down, you know it's best for yourself, but you hate the thought of her being with someone else, but you know that it's over. You know that it's through. Got it burn. Let it burn. Gotta let it burn. You know what I'm saying? And you're watching the Tim Wolves take out. Yes. <laughs> Damn. Here for him. Coming in with the heat. Early round two. Caroline, <laughs> can you pick up A-Rod's spirits in this moment? Caroline. Okay, here's my pep talk for A-Rod. Fuck you. You had it all. The money, <laughs> the house in Miami, the family. You had motherfucking J-Lo and you may or may not have allegedly cheated on her with the third most annoying person from Southern fucking Charm. What are you doing? I don't feel bad for you. You suck. You're fine. Get over it. J-Lo, I love you. My queen. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Everyone's like, wow, that was really mean. That was unkind of you to say, Caroline. <laughs> That's very mean spirit. Wow. Forgive with the number 13. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's time to vote, folks. Uh, let's go Woo. to the voting round. Who moves on? Will it be Mero? Gave him the T.O. The speech. Listen, you are A-Rod. You moved off of, of shortstop. You go to third base. You did that for Derek Jeter. Don't wait for tonight. Will it be Renee who quoted the lyrics to Let It Burn? I thought that song was about other things. <laughs> oh my god it's about a cheater <laughs> it's about a cheater who's letting it let, who will who will have that guilt burn inside them or will it be caroline who noted that listen a-rod allegedly cheated <laughs> although uh the relationship has Ooh. been deemed not a physical one maybe purely an emotional one that took place over phone worse nonetheless will it be caroline the votes are coming in and folks, it is a sweep. Four votes <laughs> for Caroline Reston. Oh my God! Our second, our second person eliminated <laughs> from Take the Lover. Caroline, what do you have to say? Okay, all I can say is I cannot believe I work on a show with people who just hate Jennifer Lopez. Like, that's what I'm taking from this, is everyone hates Jennifer Lopez, and that's what this vote signifies. Don't put that evil on us. No, 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 no. No, no. Listen, I love them because That's what this means. No. J-Lo is my queen for the Bronx. No, she's on the six. Castle, Come on Castle now, Hill. I'm here for Latinas. I'm, I'm married to one. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We don't do J-Lo slander over here. No, no. And yet you're pep-talking A-Rod. That is all. Goodbye. I told Castle Hill to let it burn. Let it burn. <laughs> wow, Caroline going out throwing hand grenades, but that's okay. We are in the finals now. Two-time WNBA champion, Renee Montgomery versus... The Kid Marrow in the finals. Our final question. 
As you know, uh, some of the biggest teams in world football have announced their intention to break away and form their own Super League. What entities do you think should break away from either MLB, from the NFL, from the NBA, for anything in general, and form their own Super League? Renee Montgomery, who should form a Super League? Women, I'm just going to go with the category of women. We should form our own Super League because we've let men be the president for how many years now? We haven't done it at all. We've never done it. We've never tried to see where we could take things in politics, even in ownership of teams, and we're not there. So, women, let's wa- let's get together. Let's form our own super team. We'll head everything high management, and we'll just see how life goes after that. I think it'll be a good world. I don't know about you guys, but I would like to see women take it from here. Who runs the world? Girl. Women! You know what I'm saying? Women! <laughs> women! God damn it. Not girls. Hey, women! No. I'm fixing the champion and she came with some heat. I'm about to take L. Who should have a Super League? Kid Marrow. On some sports shit, I'm going to say, because I know nothing about the NHL, I'm going to say <laughs> the NHL. Because there's a bunch <laughs> of teams that I don't even know that you could tell me, yo, the Dallas, you know. <laughs> Shindigs are a fucking NHL team. And I'd be like, no doubt. Oh, word. Yeah, no doubt. Yo, they're goalie, Mira Schlafelstein. Yo, he's nice with it. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, yo, take all the big market teams, the Rangers, the Kings, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's the only two I know. And then, you know, Chicago and whoever else, and let them play hockey. And then the, uh, Minnesota Wild or whoever, whatever else y'all could do with y'all thing in, in, in the wild. You got to put the Canadian team in there. Facts. True. Toronto. Shout out to, 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 to Toronto. I was corrected by somebody from the six. Mero says the biggest teams in the NHL should break away. And now let us go to the voting round. Now, a reminder, we are voting for the winner in this round, folks. Will it be Renee Montgomery, who says, who runs the world? Women. <laughs> they should run everything. And let me tell you, if if the, if the new world order is uh, I stay in the kitchen and uh, my partner goes out and uh, does everything. I love it. I'm done. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to be fully, fully a second class citizen Get in the this kitchen, world. Fellas. I am ready, folks. <laughs> or will it be Mero who says, "Listen, Miroslav uh, Stankovic, this guy has been crushing it for the uh, for the Toronto uh, whoever they are, and the and the New York Rangers and the L.A. Kings." Let's see the NHL teams break away and and form their own Super League. The votes are coming in now, folks. He knew two teams. And one vote for Mero to move forward. We have one vote for Renee to move forward. Another vote for Renee to move forward. And then in our final vote for our champion, Renee Montgomery. Three votes to one. Renee Montgomery wins. Take Survivor. Who run this mother? Oh, man, let's go. Congratulations <laughs> to Renee Montgomery and thank you to our guest, Kid Mero. Join us next time Ew. on Take Survivor. You won't survive unless it takes a high. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Buzzer Beaters is where we talk about stories that didn't get into the show because of time. 
But listen, here they are. I'll start it out, all right? Because yeah, I went it, on a please. I went on a binge spree and and shouts to Amazon Prime because I mean, usually when I think of good TV series, I think of like Netflix originals. I think of Apple originals. Even Hulu might have a couple here or there. But Amazon hasn't in the past like taken me away as far as their Amazon originals. But they got a show on there that I need to tell people about. I've already seen a lot of people tweeting about it. So maybe I'm late to the party. But the show is called Them. And the whole premise behind the story is that Imagine being the first black family that moved into a white neighborhood before when everything was segregated. Imagine being that first group of families that go into the white neighborhoods. It also basically talks about how the KKK became a thing because the neighbors started to just torture and just Mm -hmm. terrorize all of the black families in the neighborhoods that they lived in. But it's a wild show. And to me, it's it also hints on the fact that I know, I'm, you know, obviously I'm black. And so a lot of people in the black mm-hmm. and brown community, when you talk about slavery, a lot of people are always like, look, that wouldn't happen to me. I would have done this in that situation or I would have done that <laughs> yeah. in that situation. Like everybody has a saying or a feeling for what they would have done had they been in those circumstances. And so this show, the setting took place at a time where that was a normalized thing that people could terrorize people Mm. and not get in trouble for it. But it's almost, it hints at the fact that like, yeah, you wouldn't have done any different if you were in that situation. So look, I like, and this is not an ad. I want people to know, like, I have no relation to them or Amazon Prime. I just clicked it and then got stuck and watched the whole thing in one day. It was wild. How long you been talking to Jeff Bezos? <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> like, listen, Amazon Prime, if y'all want to call me, call me. But I didn't have, I didn't get paid not a single dime to say that. I was just pleasantly surprised and thought I would share mm-hmm. what you got for your buzzer beater. Uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier had its sixth episode last Friday. Season's been. Uh, you know, up and down when it's been plot driven, it's been kind of boring, but when they've delved into the characters and Sam Wilson in particular's experience as a black superhero in the Marvel mm. Cinematic Universe, it's been really interesting. And it got super interesting last episode where they delved into the backstory of Isaiah Bradley, who we have now discovered uh, was the basically the second super soldier in American history, a black super soldier, a black Captain America back in the 50s Hmm. who treated so back in the in World War Two, Steve Rogers, the white Captain America, the original Captain America, uh, he got his start and, and the ability to go into the field and be Captain America because he disobeyed orders and uh, and attacked a prisoner of war camp where various American soldiers were being held and he freed them and he marched them to freedom. And because of that, uh, the military brass said, okay, uh, I guess we trust you to, uh, to lead your own group of commandos and fight the Nazis. Isaiah Bradley did the exact same thing in the fifties. And when he returned back to base with the prisoners that he had freed from prisoner of war camp, he was thrown in jail and he was in jail for 30 years wow. and uh, experimented on basically until it's a, a nurse, someone high up in uh, in the government was able to fake his death and allow him to to be freed. And I just think that 
dichotomy, that recontextualization of what it would have meant to be a superhero in that world, particularly yeah. a black superhero. Um, it was just extremely powerful and well done. And it changed the way that you think about the universe. Um, and I was just really struck by it. Incredible, incredible performance by Carl Lumby, probably like I think an Emmy and an yeah, performance. It. Killing it. And so just the best episode of the season and one of the best Marvel stories on screen or on TV in in, in memory. Love it. Oh, listen, we watch it as a family. So I like I'm not normally in this world, but I love that I knew everything yeah. you were talking about because so my <laughs> no, because my son, he's into Marvel and DC and he might be mad if I say both of them together because I don't know which one he's into more, but he's into <laughs> those things. And so he's brought me into that world. But I love that within that world, they're telling certain stories that it's good for yeah. everyone to hear, not just kids, but for everyone to hear. So, yeah, I love everything they're doing with that. That's it for us this week. Please follow and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, yep. Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Do not forget to subscribe to Take Line Show on YouTube for exclusive video clips from this episode, including Marilyn's incredible comments. run on Take Survivor this week, plus my digital series, All Caps NBA, which airs every Friday. Check it out. Goodbye. Who runs the world? Girls. Let's go. Girls. Take Line is a Crooked Media production. The show is produced by Carlton Gillespie and Zuri Irvin. Our executive producers are myself and Sandy Gerard. Our contributing producers are Caroline Reston, Elijah Cohn, and Jason Gallagher. Engineering, editing, and sound design by Sarah Gibalaska and the folks at Chapter 4. And our theme music is produced by Brian Vasquez. If there's anything better than getting a few of your favorite things from McDonald's, it's getting a few of your favorite things from McDonald's for less in the McDonald's app. Mm. Delicious. Order in the McDonald's app today. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. Right now, only in the app. Enjoy a breakfast sandwich for just $1, like a sausage McMuffin with egg. Offer valid one time per day from 429 to 512 at participating McDonald's. Must opt into rewards. Ashley's Memorial Day mattress sale is going on now. Save big on select adjustable mattress sets up to $1,200 on Beautyrest Black, up to $800 on Purple, and up to $500 on Tempur-Pedic. Plus, get 72-month special financing with select in-store mattress purchases made with your Ashley Advantage Synchrony credit card between May 14th and June 3rd. Visit your local Ashley store or ashley.com for better sleep and savings. Only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. No minimum purchase required. See store for details.